Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. My. And this is Peyton Jones. <laughs> My what? What are we talking about? Are you going to say don't it? Remember? Were you going to say no, it? No, no. But I was thinking it. <laughs> so funny. Oh, for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, which would be a hundred percent of you, uh, there's a good reason for that. We were having a little conversation before the podcast, a little pre-show. We were a little pre-show conversation, which we are not live streaming today because. I did an interview with a couple guys that have this rad tool and uh, I wanted tools, their tools. What they have an amazing tool. It's called focus planner. And uh, anyways, it's not Michael Hyatt, but uh, we can't touch him yet. One day, Michael Hyatt will work for us. Dang it. But until then, I talk to these guys about a tool and you'll like it. It's on later, but for now, smack talk, their tools. We never. I I did not say that. You know, I've already talked to him, and it was a great conversation. So I can't even reference that. This is weird. It's like a time warp. I did. I just did the interview with him, and now we're doing Smack Talk. When we're done with Smack Talk, you get the interview, and you get the commercial because I didn't do that with them. It didn't feel right. What I felt like. I felt like it's not right for me to say, "Hey guys, while you're building all these cool tools for planners, you know." Uh, you don't have time. And, you know, I, I knew they wouldn't go, what? You know, they couldn't do our bit, man. That's our bit. I just realized that my virtual background on Zoom needs to be hell with like a demon in the background. Oh, dude, I added some new ones. Did you? Well, uh, yeah. I yeah, I went right to now. Star Wars land and that's what I'm talking about today. I went to, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> 
cold are running in the Jones house. I had a heart attack this big and I gave myself one of these clear and I'm all good. (laughs) My wife sounds like Barry White right now. Okay. She's got that husky voice right on. And Eden, poor thing, has just been, you know, that girl has three lungs. So uh, she's she's struggling. And I, I, I say that kind of laughingly, but she does. She has like a mini lung uh, next to one of her lungs. Is that like a so, spare, you know? like She got a spare lung, dude. Can so, she swim underwater for like 15, 20 minutes? Well, breathing? funny enough, because it kind of floats up above, what happened was when she got that RS, was it RSV virus years ago? Wait, when she was, got COVID, when she got the vaccine for COVID, what happened to her? She mutated? No, she got the RSV This is virus. how vampires come about. It's always the vaccine. I Have was, not seen and I movies? know, I know. Hey, V for Vendetta, man. That movie's an eye opener if you watch that today. I did. I rewatched it like a month ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But the, 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 uh, the, remember the one control? with Will Smith, um, where it's, uh, the vampires, a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. I am legend. I am legend. That yeah. was that whole, the vampires there came because of a vaccine. Yes, they did. Yes. That movie is amazing. I have used that movie for the gospel. I don't know how many times. Nice. Yeah, it's got, you know, you know, it's got, have, have we been over this? Have we talked about this? How it's got all the, you know, the, the opening right after the, they give the interview with Emma Thompson and then it goes to, uh, and she goes, yes, yes, I'm saying we have cured cancer. And then uh, it, it shows a desolate cityscape. And as it pans, you see a poster that says, God has not abandoned us. And then as the movie, as the movie goes on before his kids die in the helicopter, ironically, his daughter looks at him and says, look, a butterfly outside of his window. And she goes on the helicopter and she says, daddy, teacher says when there's a butterfly, it means that God is with us. And so at the very end of the film, spoiler alert, there's no butterflies around me ever. What does that say? (laughs) Says. Your, I don't know, but what I was going to say is that um, you, you said the butterfly at the end of the movie. Yeah. At the end of the movie, when he's in the lab and the zombies are trying to get to him and he has the blood. I can save you. I can yeah. save you. Yeah. He's saying, he's holding up the blood saying, I-, I can save you. I can save you. It's right here. And he's holding up the blood as they burst through as they're right before they're bursting through. The crack of the butterfly. Of the crack is a butterfly. And it's very subtle, like you kind of don't get it, but there's a gospel theme in there. The blood can save all of humanity. Um, he sacrifices himself to save everyone else, right? Like it's all there, you know? And uh, and that that butterfly was him going, okay, God is here and God is with us and he does have a plan. So the amount of times, you know, but but you miss it, Cause it's such a just good zombie flick. You know what I'm saying? But so, he killed his dog. So yeah. I'm just saying he's no Jesus. I'm just pointing that out. You can't kill your dog. <clears throat> Quit reading um, your phone. Pay attention to our podcast. Wait, the wife's saying something about date nights canceled. I'm not good with that. <laughs> Jonesy needs to go out. Welcome and get to some the rest tacos. of us. <laughs> Dude, I've been eating clean for, for three weeks, baby. Three weeks. I got the diet thing down and do I'm feel? starting to work out. Oh, do gosh, yes. 
yeah. mental fog is cleared. You know, after the textbook, man, my, my brain was just mentally, I've not been okay. Imagine mentally. if you had wrote that book, but you had been eaten clean. I know. I remember saying to you, I remember saying to you at one point, man, I've just been, I'm chained to my desk. I'm just eating whatever in the heck I want. And you, I, I'll never forget your response. You said, that sounds terrible. Because I, I know you knew like how bad that was going to feel, you know? And sure enough, it was the worst thing I could have ever done, dude. And, and when I went into it, by the way, I did go into it eating well, working out every day. I thought, oh, and then I, I lost it. So, but oh, uh, what's that? Star Wars land. Well, have you been there? Not to Florida, no. It's it's like California. Apparently, they're identical. They just built. Well, the I've been to the one in California, but I haven't been on Rise of Skywalker. Did you go Rise of Skywalker? I went on Rise of the Resistance. Or Rise of the Resistance, and, whatever uh, it's called. Yeah. Well, first off, let me tell you. Um, Mom said to the kids, "Dad is like a child right now. He's like a little boy, dude." I got in there, and I, I, I warned the kids the night before. You might see daddy tear up a little bit, you know. Um, you might see me get a little emotional tomorrow when I get to Star Wars Land. Well, it wasn't my childhood. I mean, I saw the Millennium Falcon. That was cool, but I didn't get the emotion that I thought I'd get. Like, I, I didn't get, like, I can't believe I'm here. I got, I got, like, just pure excitement. And the stupidest thing I was the most excited about was buying those stupid Cokes. We walked in, there was a Coca-Cola cart, and they had these little balls. They looked like little grenades, yeah. or little Star Wars Coca-Colas. And I was like, right, everybody's getting one of those. And when you're done, don't throw away the bottle. So I got a couple of those sitting on my bookshelf. Yeah, um, I've seen I'm those. a cheap date. I'm a I'm cheap not, date. I'm not drinking that crap, so I'm not buying it. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I just wanted the container. Really? But what I will tell you, is that when, dude, I love that you're such a health nut. You're like, Coke? No, thank you. <laughs> I haven't had a Coke in, I mean, at this point, it's probably a year and nine months. It's so funny you say that. I remember Mac Lake, when I was working with him at one point, he said, oh my gosh, that wasn't sparkling water. They brought me a Sprite by mistake. And I said, oh, and I said, uh, you don't drink that? He goes, I haven't had a soft drink in over 12 years. It was like, it was like on Life of Brian, when that guy falls on the hermit who's been silent for all these years, and he's like, "Ouch!" And then he broke his no, not connecting. I that movie. I wasn't really a Monty Python fan. Oh my gosh! You have to if if you read the Bible, and I know you do, you need to watch Life of Brian. Well, I've seen Life of Brian. Oh, okay. There we go. But I'm not, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I saw it in high school, so. <laughs> well, he's trying to hide. And ironically, he finds, he falls on this Bedouin who's been meditating in a pit. I like and when he guy, opens the window. That's the only scene uh, I remember. Oh, that whole movie's funny. So now that I've offended you all. But anyway, Star Wars Land was amazing. Um, I, I, I'll get to Pandora. Um, so Star Wars Land was amazing. Um, I, I went to Rise of the Resistance, yes. I went to the Millennium Falcon ride. I actually think in many ways that ride was cooler. Um, my kids loved it. My what wife loved it. What position were you? What position? I was a pilot. 
Okay. Of course you were. Kids, no. Yeah. It's going to be me. Well, I let everybody pick. I didn't care. I wanted my kids to to think it was the coolest thing ever. They wanted to be gunners. I don't think Eden did a thing. Um, I see Liberty lean. No, Eden, no. And she's leaning over and grabbing her controls and doing her controls. And uh, anyways, I don't think Andrea knew what to do. So like one of us goes up and the other one goes side to side. So um, anyways, we, uh, but Rise of the Resistance now. There were cool parts about that. It's very long. I think the ride lasts like eight, nine minutes. And um, you start off, you're walking through everything. And then they put you in this like troop transport. And I don't know what you do, but you go out the other side, right? You, they pretend you're in space and you've landed on another planet. And you go out the other side and now you're on like this rebel base or sorry, you get captured. So you get put up in a tractor beam. Then they put you down on this planet and you're in the empire base now. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, when that door opened, I was right next to it. And I was the first one to walk out. And you walk into this room. You physically walk. It's not. You physically walk out of this people mover thing that you've been on. And you are in one of the hangars of, I guess, no, it wasn't a planet. Sorry, I'm getting it all wrong. You're, you're on like the Death Star or, a, or an Imperial Star Destroyer or something stupid like that. And then when you're in there, you can see like the blue um, with kind of like the, the shield keeping everyone breathing. And you're in this room full of stormtroopers and there's ADATs and there's stormtroopers. And dude, I got to tell you, I walk out and I'm the, cause the guy's like in there going, you may exit now and nobody moves. Cause it's like, well, we don't know what the, and he goes, I mean, move now. He's acting like an empire, you know, officer. So I start moving out and it's eerie. This room's massive and there's probably like, one or 200 stormtroopers just lined up and you walk into the middle of this room and there's all these storm and you, you actually feel at least for me, cause no one was with, you know, like I, I, I took the lead, man. I'm venturing. It felt like, Whoa, this is weird. I'm walking out and they're all moving. They're animatronic, but they made them look like there's really people in suits there. The way that they move and stuff, they shift. And uh, you're in this room surrounded by stormtroopers. You know, like, like just rows and rows and it's pretty epic. Interesting. So that was cool. And it was a little freaky. And then after like about, you know, 20, 30 seconds, you're like, okay, okay. And you're just looking at everything, studying it. Then they start moving you through halls and then you, uh, cause you get like rescued by the rebels. Then they put you in this little like true, you know, like this little mover thing that goes, you know, like that little black thing that, uh, you know, um, that little thing on Death Star that did, 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 and it goes around some yeah. little black box. Yeah. They put you one of those that you're driving around is bigger and you're driving in it. And um, you're going through the halls as you're in the middle of the space battle and walls are exploding. You go through this room with ADATs and they start training their guns on you and you got to go somewhere else. And, and then the coolest part to me was this thing pulls up into the escape pod. Cause it's rolling around. There's no tracks or anything. This thing's going through these rooms and other ones are in there and you're all trying to escape. The rebels are rescuing you. Kylo Ren's appearing and using the force and it's like, you know, going all crooked and stuff. And then, uh, the coolest parts, the escape. But pod. Kylo Ren is dead. Yes, he is dead, but, uh, he's a force ghost and he's blue. 
No, I'm teasing. No, obviously it's, it's back in the day. And then they put you into this, you pull up into this escape pod and then you can feel something lock onto your vehicle. And it is the coolest thing, dude. So unexpected. It shows like you're watching now. It's almost like star tours. You've pulled into this thing. You can see the window and you drop out into space and it drops you, dude. It's almost like a roller. And it's so shocking and so unexpected and you drop and you're like, dude, that was the coolest part of the ride to me because I did not expect it. You feel like you've just been dropped out of space trying to and get we away. We just ruined it for everybody. We ruined it for everybody. But, uh, and oh, by the way, on the Matterhorn, there's a space monster. You should look for him. I think he's a Yeti. But you My kids won't go on the Matterhorn yet. It's funny. I got Eden to go on it and we just had to cover our eyes during that part. But it's scary, dude. Well, Luke doesn't really like roller coasters. He's like Jamie that way. Yeah. You know, the, the Matterhorn's a little freaky, isn't it? I mean, like... I they, think he they did they Space Mountain it. once, and that was like the last time. He, he won't even do that. Space Mountain he won't do? Yeah, he won't do... He doesn't do roller coasters. I don't know why they didn't keep that thing Star Wars. When they did the Star Wars version of that, it was epic. They should have kept that it was Star, Star Wars land. Yes, but they should have kept it that way, man. That was so cool. But anyways, I don't mean to bore you guys with all that, but it was it was pretty cool. Can I say this? I actually bought too much crap. I had to literally go buy another uh, suitcase. I meant to show up today with salacious crumb on my shoulder. I bought salacious crumb, dude. Of course you did. Of course. I have a Jedi holocron. I have a Yoda staff, dude. I went nuts there. I was like, I need that, and I need that, and I need that. Did you buy the lightsaber? I did not, but I did buy a droid. My kids went to build a droid. We've got the droid. Yeah. It's just 200 bucks for a lightsaber. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, you and I are the same. So my girls, you know, they wanted a purple droid. So you got a purple droid because they're girls. Sorry. I don't mean that to be sexist. It just is. But then I had... You know, they they had sitting in a box, they had R2-D2, and he's all beat up and weathered, and they actually had him, and I'm like, oh, he's rad. Girls, don't you want that? And so my wife goes, I just think you need to get that. So she bought it for me. Nice. That was cool. Yeah. Nice. I married up, brother. That's all Date I can night's say. canceled, but you got yourself a rusty old droid. Hey, and that's what we're going to do tonight. That could go so many different directions. <laughs> Oh, no. I meant out on the street. We were just going to drive our 2D2 around. That's all, Pete. Calm down. Ding, diddly, ding, diddly. They did their best shot, Lily. Got to be nice. Oh, diddly, man. Oh, Flanders. Ay, ay, ay. So, so uh, that's on, it, on, man. On what my about side you? of things, uh, as you know, I got a, I got a big surgery on Monday. I'm not going to say exactly what it is because I'm not ready yet to share that with the world. But I got a big surgery, man. I'm I'm really Ew. nervous about it. I like I I'm nervous. I'm I am you know, I'm going to be under for like 6 to 7 hours. That's a long surgery. That is a long time, brother. I could die. I hope you don't. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> if it means anything. I I hope you don't die, dude. <laughs> hey, if I die, 
that conversation we had on the phone last night about drawing certain things <laughs> on a dead man's face, I really want you to do that for me. I really want you to do he that. He has begged me that if he dies, I have to go graffiti his body. Yeah. And I told and him, it's got to be an I'm, open casket uh, funeral. I told him, I'm pretty sure I'm doing your funeral. And I have special access to you. Well, what's so, funny yeah. is if you did my funeral, that would actually be like the once a year time that we see each other, except I wouldn't see you. <laughs> you would see me. I could arrange to see you once a year afterwards if it makes you feel any better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, dude. So I went to the, uh, I went. Wait, 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 I do want to say this. If you're listening to this podcast right now, that means Pete's in his surgery. If you're listening on Monday when it goes live. So keep him in prayer. Please lift yeah. him up in prayer and, for real. And my doctors, you know, I, I really hope they, <laughs> they don't show up drunk or anything. But We're like, talking uh, about Arthur Fonzarelli the whole time. So um, so I went for my, my pre-op appointment last week. I don't have high blood pressure. I was through the roof. When I was in the office, I think I was so nervous. Like it was like 170 over 95 and oh, I'm normally no. 130 over 60. Yeah. And I was just like, like she goes, the lady goes, well, look, since you know what your blood pressure is normally and you can take it at home, she goes, when you get home, take it, send me a picture. So I get home and it's back down to 130 over 52. I like send it to her. She's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and then I've been taking it every day since. I'm like, oh, wow. Dude, I was just, oh, of course. Out. They got to expect that, though. Well, they did. There's actually a condition. You probably know this. You're a nurse. It's called like white coat syndrome or something like that. Like when people go into a doctor's office, it, it sometimes they're just the type that yep. freak out. Yep. And, and for me, I don't normally when I go into a doctor's office, I think it's because of what I was there for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ah, so yeah, fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Times. No, it's not, it's not a problem. You know, I mean, the fact is, is that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's coffee, believe it or not. People have had coffee in the morning that gives them a false reading, gives them a high, high blood pressure reading. And that's why sometimes they tell Does it you, matter hey, if it's like, cause I had coffee, but it was hours later that I had the, it, the it can affect it for hours. So really? yeah. And what, what they typically do, they'll tell you, um, you know, like, Hey, if it's like a fasting, um, blood test appointment, you know, they'll a lot of times tell you, Hey, don't do that. But you know, sometimes when they, when the blood pressure, like if they're doing something for cardio, they'll tell you, don't drink coffee that morning. Interesting. So, I think that would stress me out more. I think not. I know, right? For you, it would. Yeah. I got to cut down. You know, now that I'm I'm actually mastering my appetites in my body, I'm starting to take hold of coffee too. Like, hey, two two cups a day. Let's get, let's get back down to that, you know? Yeah. So, I will be, uh, tomorrow will be my last day in the gym for the year. Because of the surgery, I won't be able to work out until next year. Are they shutting down the gym now? No, it's because of the surgery is what I'm saying. My gym's in my backyard. Oh, that's right. Because they now, did shut that, down all the gyms. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. You were going to the gym for a while, though, right? Well, but after the last shutdown, I bought my home gym, and I was like, I'm not going back because I'm not wearing a mask when I work out. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I, I couldn't. You know, I don't like gyms. I actually do not. I prefer to work out at home. 
Um, I like the freedom. I like that. I don't like driving places to go work out. So like for me, like for running, I run out my door and I'm on the beach in a couple minutes, you know? So for me, I get to pretend I'm Rocky whenever I want, you know, Andrew's Apollo. Do you go upstairs? (laughs) Do that. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes I throw uh, motorcycle helmets at statues of myself Well, when I'm upset, as you do. But, uh, but yeah, man. So, uh, well, what, what else, man, besides, besides life altering, life changing surgery, what's going on in your world? Mm. I was going to say something so inappropriate yet so stinking funny. What, what is up? It's because we're not getting serious today. It's because I took it. You're not behaving. I'm not. No, but well, (laughs) let me put it like this. It would be inappropriate for the church planner podcast, but it would be really funny in every other situation and not necessarily all your other podcasts. Yeah. This is the, this is the only one you probably got to behave for, right? No, the thriving Christian business podcast. And then the from concealment podcast, our claim to fame is that we're family friendly. So like every once in a while, I'll let uh, certain vocabulary words that uh, are, are not appropriate for family slip. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I said ass. I'm sorry. Let, let me pull that back. You just said it on our podcast. No, but it's what's up. Now was, you got to mark it explicit. I was using it as an example. Yes, and in Britain, it is not a bad word, actually. Exactly. And we're we're really a British podcast. Most people who listen to us are in the UK. We're a half British podcast. Which half? The good half? People in the UK like us? Well, my first few years, I was well-liked in in Britain. But when I actually started getting down to business and actually like doing well in mission, I kind of got really unpopular. It's kind of a funny thing. Really? Yeah, it actually is. It like no joke. That's actually how it worked. I became persona non grata once I started going out coloring outside the lines a bit. So yeah, I kind of remember that your story of it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just make that crap up. So uh, hey, Ed Stetzer did the uh, Ford for the for the new church planning book. That was kind of cool. Did yeah, I talk about cool. that yet? Well, yes, you did. You talk about it every chance. Well, I think I just talked to you about it on the phone. I think you talked about it on last week's podcast. Did I? Because I'm pretty impressed with that. You know, right, that's how we you can know tell. you've arrived. That's how you know you've arrived. That's, that's right. I was, I was expecting on that article that Dan Sams, I think it was Dan, like, uh, help, my pastor is a narcissist was the headline. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you or Dan? That was Dan. And then, so I put, oh my gosh, can't they just leave me alone? Why do they got to keep writing articles about me? <laughs> I was expecting something like that from you, but you didn't, you didn't deliver that. So I had to deliver I'm that. I'm not as funny these days, man. I, you know, it's funny. I've been, I've been thinking about recently. I think I'm so serious all the time, but I am busier than a one-legged man in a butt kicking contest. Like no joke, man. I am, I have been crazy busy. And the other day I said to my buddy, oh, December 1st, I'll finish up this one project I've been on with Exponential. And uh, he just looked at me and goes, yeah, right. Sure. You'll have more time then. So. What? Who were you saying that to? Bo Moffitt. Oh, I thought you, okay. I thought you were saying that to someone at Exponential and they're like, no, this isn't going to end December 1st. No, no. I just, you know, I had, I started through the word and I got this, you know, and I told them, Hey, they asked me to continue through this project and, um, until December 1st. And so I did, but man, I have been busy. I mean, 
so I, I need Pete just to have the one job and just do that one job and stop doing other stuff. That's you heard it here. Just need to stop doing too much. Actually, uh, you just need to win the lotto. So maybe start playing. That's true, huh? But you know, th- this is the cr- this is the cool thing. Everything I do for money is what I love. So I I can't argue, man. It's not like. I mean, I'm totally worth double what I'm getting, but <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, but I, I, I do. And I, I, I don't know if you're this way. I don't know if a lot. I mean, I just love what I do. I'm in a cool place. It has not always been that way. But, right. you know, before, like, I didn't love cleaning windows. I hated cleaning windows. But I did it so I could plant a church. You know, I didn't love working at Starbucks, but I did it so I could plant a church, you know. And uh, I did it so I could do what I love. And I think that's, that's kind of a big deal, you know, but anyways, well, Hey man, I guess we're, uh, I guess we're ready. Yeah. Ready to, when we're doing all these things, we love Star Wars land. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about that? Well, Pete, when you're, when you're doing all the things you love, like getting life altering, life threatening surgeries, you don't have a lot of time to do your church bookkeeping needs and, and, and by the way, if everyone's wondering what kind of surgery it is, let's just say on the next episode, I'll be Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Patrina. Hi, this is Patrina Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh. I can come up with a whole new tagline for that one. So, all right. So, uh, Pete, what do you do? Your IRS compliance and bookkeeping needs. Oh, uh, you know, a great question, uh, uh, Peyton, which is, by the way, a name that could go either way for a girl or a boy. So, I oh, mean, you gosh, know. dang you. Yeah, so true. Did I bring that, that up? Did I hit again. a sore spot again? Yeah, it just came up again. I, I accidentally, I was ordering swag for a nonprofit and I accidentally, I said, hey, can I speak to Kelly? Uh, she called me earlier and, or she emailed me and I, I need to put this order in. And Kelly said, no, that's me. And it was a dude. I'm Kelly. Did you that say? Well, just a little awkward. Did you say? Well, I'm Peyton, and by the way, <laughs> I get that all the time too. I had to. I had to. I had to say did he that. Laugh? Yes. Okay. Good. It's, it it did save me. I need a professional working relationship with this person, and uh, and it 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 was like I think I pulled it out with that. So nice. it, it has its uses. Nice. Nice. But anyways. Uh, well, what you're asking, uh, I go to simplifychurch.com and I go talk to Josh Henry over there and uh, he hooks me up. He takes care of my IRS compliance, my, uh, you know, those those end of year tax statements and we're coming up on the end of the year. They take care of it all for me. Keep me they do indeed. They do indeed. And if you go there and you sign up for them, tell them Peyton and Pete sent you. And, or Patrice. Uh, Peyton and Patrice. <laughs> Petrina. I like Petrina. You should just be Petrina. Sure. Why not? Petrina. (laughs) Petina. (laughs) (laughs) I am getting older. There's a little bit of Petina on this body. Well, so, hey, guys, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete, Pete Mitchell. Dang it. Reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going. I don't don't know why I'm doing this. I I did that at the... This here, isn't here the go. end. Dang here it. We go. Hold on. Hold Great on. Scott, it's time for this week's topic. And by the way, I'm just going to disappear, guys. So just never mind the fact that I'm no longer a part of this podcast because Peyton didn't want me to interview these guys with him. So No, and, and we're going to insert Pete like deep thinking sounds like. <laughs>
Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. every once in a while, there's going to be a, huh. All right, without any further ado, here's uh, this week's topic. Hey, church planner, welcome to this portion of the show. As you can see, I am flying solo. I do not have Pete Mitchell with me, but that's cool because he didn't know anything about this. So I am here with Al Buckwhites and Dave Workman, and we're going to be talking about their work at Elemental Churches. Now, just a little bit of background. Um, I came into contact with these characters a couple years ago. They hunted me down. They sought me out and they said, hey, we have this thing and we want to talk to you about it. Now, like you, I get these all the time. I get people hunting me down, but <laughs> this was different. This was different. And they said, hey, we have uh, a, a tool and think of a board game and think of something, it's not a board game, but think of that approach to helping your team uh, develop their vision and define it. And I was like, okay, I'm interested. I'm enough of a nerd to think that's really cool, but I also spend <laughs> a ton of time uh, helping people uh, learn what their vision is and whatever I do, it's highly interactive. And this has me like you have my attention. Now, if you're going to get people not sitting up there just to the whiteboard, but you're going to literally involve people and get them to, to dig and even have fun in the process, man, I am all about that. So uh, guys, uh, Al, Dave, welcome on, man. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, yourselves so we can get to know you. Dave, why don't you so, go first? Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, thanks, Peyton. Thanks for having us on. I love what you do. Uh, we're fans, and so it's fun to be able to do this. Uh, we, I like to think of a number of things that I have done formerly. <laughs> so, so I traveled for years as a musician and uh, starved to death. Uh, back in the day, um, playing Christian rock, and that was an oxymoron back then. That's how long ago this was. Who did, who did you play with, Dave? Oh, was it a band that you wouldn't have any idea who? It was a band called Prodigal, and this is in the early 80s. We did three uh, vinyl albums before digital. Think about that. And uh, just traveled all over the U.S. and Canada, and thank God my wife supported <laughs> supported me, and and uh, it was just a blast. Saw lots of lots of people come to Jesus. So that yeah. was that was worse. Prodigal sounds familiar to me. So uh, I, I got to yeah. look you up now. Prodigal. Oh, it's hilarious. Prodigal we love award, by the way. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I figured you were waxing humble on this. I, I okay, all right. And I've got an old picture of you, which uh, you know I will threaten you and blackmail you with later. <laughs> <laughs> you can't scare me. <laughs> and then uh, sometime during that time, I stumbled into this new uh, church that was just starting in a house uh, in the north side of Cincinnati called uh, The Vineyard. And um, my wife, uh, I, I was getting ready to go back out on the road. I, and I said to my wife, why don't you go check this out when I get back home? Tell me what you think. And uh, when I got back home after a couple of weeks, she says, I think you're going to like this. So it was a guy named Steve Shogren, and it was Tim and a 12-string guitar and 20 people sitting in the house. And uh, Anita and I, my wife and I, just sat there and cried while they sang these little simple California worship songs that we had never mm -hmm. heard of in Cincinnati. Wow. And uh, we were hooked. 
So a couple of years after that, um, I stepped down from the band. I, I just didn't want to be an absentee dad. We had our first baby and got involved in this new little church plant, began leading worship, did that as a volunteer for four years, actually every weekend, loved it. And then uh, stepped into the senior pastor role sometime in the middle of all this. So had a great front row seat from watching a church starting in a living room to, I don't know, a little over 6,000 people come on on a weekend. So it was just a great ride. It was so much fun. It was so hard, so challenging. And I went through multiple depressions, uh, but it was great. And so a few years ago, stepped down from that, felt like God said it's time for younger leaders to take it on. Mm. And uh, began thinking, all right, God, what do you want me to do? If I've been at this place for nearly 30 years, what have I learned from start to finish? Could I do a uh, just a brain dump into a book, which I did, called Elemental Leaders, and just what were the things that make churches healthy and mm. effective and, uh, and actually fun to be with? So... Wow. Um, after a little bit of time, connected with a few other people, we formed a team and started Elemental Churches, which um, we basically just designed tools that I wished I would have had when I was a Nice, pastor. nice. You know what? It's so funny because all the training that I do for planners is exactly that. The training I wished I had had. Man, I love that. Absolutely. And we were at a place, and I'll shut up and let Al talk because he was part of the staff in those early days as well. But, uh, you know, we, we got to a, a place resource-wise where I could hire, I could bring in consultants and coaches and so forth and do that. And that was great. And some were good and some were bad, but it was always helpful having an outside perspective for sure. But the average church can't do that. And especially when you're first planning, you just don't have the resources. You're just in survival mode. And so we wanted to create cost-effective tools that actually kind of, I hate to say this, but I, I, had, a, I had some consultant friends, and I, and I love coaching churches. I love it. But they said, man, you create these tools, you're cutting your legs out from underneath you. And I thought, well, what the heck? Let's go for it. And so... Um, so the things that I wish I would have had, we built into self, self-facilitating team-based tools. Nice. Yeah, that's so important. Al, what about you, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I, like, like Dave said, I went to work at the Vineyard some years ago after experiences, which are kind of interesting, both in uh, church planting as well as in uh, uh, business development. So I developed products and uh, I developed... I hope you guys can't hear my dog. Is he growling? In the you back? can hear your dog, but this is the Church Planner Podcast, and those <laughs> kinds of things don't matter here. Let me tell you, I have a train that goes by. We have Pete's. We have kids. We have – it doesn't matter here. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Right. It's At some point, planning. if you see me jump out of my chair, then whatever. You know, Nothing I, is waxed and polished in the world of church planning, so you're good with our audience. They'll dig your dog. Amen. In fact, it enhances this podcast. <laughs> so, I've, so I've always had an kind of, I would say not insatiable, but I've always been very curious. And part of the curiosity has led me to a couple things along the way. Number one, when I was in, I actually became a Christian in college, started following Jesus. Right away, felt like, hey, I want to give this away. Um, had an interest and learned about Young Life. So I got involved with Young Life in Naperville, Illinois, way back when. In the course of kind of my college career, I thought, I, I think I want to do something ministry related with life. Wasn't sure what I would do, and then because um, I didn't like church, right? 
I liked young life, but I didn't like church. And so uh, uh, my roommate from college invited me to a church in Palatine, which was Willow Creek in the movie theater in 1978. I put a date on it, a date on me. And that, what I learned is that trend or that idea of finding things that were edgy um, and uh, front running is something I find my way into no matter what I do. And so that's happened in the, in the ministry world. It's also happened in the business world. It's also happened when I work for a Fortune, uh, Fortune 100 uh, company selling. I, I found my way on innovation teams. And so I've had a, this ability to, honestly, it's not like it, I'm great about it, but I've had this ability to sniff out things that I think are interesting and I think really will have significant impact. So one of them was the, you know, obviously said Willow Creek. Another one was being a part of the Vineyard Cincinnati, which was incredible. I mean, there are so many things we did that were front running uh, way back when. Um, now, um, part of my life is with Crossroads in Cincinnati. And then, and then I developed, in, in the course of that, I developed products. So you can see here, I developed a basketball hoop. <laughs> I put it wow. here. I just think it's interesting to know that about me in reference yeah. to what we're doing. I also, in, in, the, um, in, the, in the 80s, developed a line of uh, computer accessories, and that's over back on the shelf too. But, but wow. that's to say that when, I, when, when elemental churches went from this idea, which I thought was good, elemental churches, inventory around four critical things, but once we stepped into this space around gamifying processes, I mean, I, I was, it, it was like, whoa, the light, you know, the light went on, so to speak, for me. And I thought, these tools are so valuable, not only for what Dave said. I was a church planner. I could have used it, too. I had some natural ability around team-based processes just because of the way I was wired. But I knew there were lots of people that didn't. And I thought, if we could put these tools in people's hands, we'd make life so much easier for yeah. people that want to do uh, you know, ministry better. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I love the fact that you guys have been connected with movements. Now, just for the audience, you guys know I'm super protective over church planners and, you know, our sponsorship has been trade for years. Like just for you guys listening, if you're like, man, you know, this is kind of unusual. You have to know um, these guys aren't paying me anything. They're not giving me anything. I bought my copy of Focus like literally, um, the reason I have this on here is because when it comes to church planning, innovation and being led by the spirit is key. Now, these are two spirit led guys. I mean, they, you know, but the innovation is what hooked me because I hate when uh, leaders go, huh, that works well in the business world. Let's just copy that and let's just do that. I love the fact that when I, when I got that box and I unpacked and I looked at it, I said, a lot of thought and a lot of care and a lot of craft has gone into this. And, and the thing that I love, and then I'm going to ask you to explain how it works. But the thing I love is that whenever I train teams, to me, it's not, I, I'm always training in teams. I don't train individuals that well, right? I always think it's not that I don't train, but it's, it, it's that training, I think, is done best in teams. Like when Jesus trained the 12. And I think that's modeled and that interaction, that peer to peer, that's what this gives. But it also, you're going to bond with your team. You're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. It's going to be something that you, um, you, you're able to kind of go on a journey with them. So uh, unpack what focus is. Tell us what focus is and then unpack for us how it works. Well, let me back up a little bit because the first thing that we created was an inventory uh, to just kind of measure church health. So that 
that presupposes that the church is kind of past the church planting phase and they're up and running and so forth. And uh, what drives what we do is kind of this idea that there are four primary elements that all healthy and effective organizations, churches have. And to us, it was, it was, it was was, these four things. One was uh, integrity. So that had to do with systems and processes and how you get the mission done. Um, We talk about the integrity triangle, which uh, every organization has these three points that they have to look at, whether you're a church planter or you're well-established. It is the, the personal leader's integrity. It's the mission integrity and systems integrity. And those all three are connected. And if one of them falls down, because we all know church planners or established pastors who had some sort of uh, blow up, they imploded, and the organization disappeared overnight. So, so it was integrity. It was passion. How committed is the leader? How committed are the people in the organization, in the church, to the mission? It was servanthood. How outward focused is the, is the church? And then last was imagination. What's their change capacity? What's their ability to innovate, to think differently? We could do this differently. We should be asking what if questions. What if we stop doing this? What if we try doing that? So we created this inventory to take churches through. Out of that inventory, then, we would produce this report saying, hey, this is what you've told us because we ask for a lot of information, all sorts of data points. They do all sorts of inventories based on those four elements and so forth. What we found often was that after recommendations were offered, these poor pastors would just kind of glaze over like, oh my goodness, this feels like more stuff. It's on my plate that I got to figure out how to do. None of them, none of the churches we worked with had a good process for strategic planning. So oftentimes it'd be called back to spend a day with their staff or team or whatever it was, their session, their board, to help them through a strategic planning process. Just really simple stuff. Well, that's not cost effective. And the average church can't do that. And certainly church planners couldn't do that. So we spent a year developing a game. If we could gamify this, if we could use action learning principles and gamification, that produces the highest interaction and engagement with a team. All of our stuff is team-based. We're like you, Peyton. It just... I'm way past the, you know, the great men of God type stuff. It is, if you don't have a team around you, you're not going to survive. And believe it or not, we've worked with churches in the thousands who really don't have a functioning team, which is just crazy. We tell these poor pastors, you're going to die unless you get people in the boat with you who are rowing with you. Mm. So we created focus and uh, we, we actually beta tested it with churches all around the country. We had a uh, Pentecostal church, we had a Catholic church in Texas, an independent church in Florida. We had a Baptist church. We had, uh, it was just a, a great range of folks to help us figure this out. And we got lots of good info back and lots of good input. We tweaked a few things, but it works. My, my daughter and son-in-law are planting. They're in a church planting mode right now in an urban uh, part of an area in greater Cincinnati. It's right across the river called Covington, Kentucky. And she called me up. My daughter called me up one day. She says, would you spend a day with us? 
uh, we're just getting started. We have six people in our little leadership team. We have three house groups. We really haven't launched anything. Would you help us with some strategic planning? I said, no, I'll give you this game. And if, if you'll let me come and watch you, I'll hold your new baby. And uh, so you can, so you can do this thing. And it was fascinating Peyton to watch them go through the process. So it works because it forces interaction and engagement and it helps nullify kind of the dominant voices that can sometimes pop up in teams right. because when you're following the rules of a game, everybody has to follow the rules yes. and that becomes the facilitator for the process. That's fantastic. I was going to make a comment too. Part of what I loved about the initial beta test and then the, actually the people that have bought it and used it so far is that it really represents a broad spectrum of the church, which really is core to our heart because we're for the whole church, not just for our little thing and our little way of doing it. And what we found is that the, uh, and this is a funny use of the word, but we, we think it's, this tool is denominationally agnostic. <laughs> so it's not like That's, into that's the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> so is this podcast. That's fantastic. <laughs> So no, that's, been, that's been a cool thing. I mean, there's a, a part of part of what's funny for folks. I'll show you this. Is that a lot of people are like, uh, I'm a little bit. You mean I can just? I don't. You don't need to talk to me. I mean, there's a lot of insecurity on real. Just open the box. Yeah, the box is a consultant. You I mean you get this simple instruction sheet, right? Follow that, and then after you do that, this thing here guides you through the whole through the whole experience it's, wow it's, it, it, it is, this is this is the it's consultant <laughs> so so he's holding up for those of you listening via podcast um al is holding up something called the focus go pad and you just you go through that thing and it takes you on a journey yeah. so so how might someone who you know say there's a church planner they they've got their core team they're out there in the wide world of church planning right now COVID nineteen pandemic lockdowns um, God bless them <laughs> there's no I know right there's no going back to normal the new normal all the all that jazz right and they're going right okay so what what worked before is not going to work uh, going forward yeah. how does this tool help me. Well, what's fascinating to me, Peyton, is that it's none of our stuff is prescriptive. So uh, we believe that when God gathers a group of people to launch a church or to drive a church for for however, that everything that is needed for that church to be healthy and effective is in that room. And it's all there. It's just the way God puts things together. Amen. Amen. I just love that. And, And so... So it's not prescriptive. They're going to self-discover what the unique things that God's put in them and a different way of thinking about whatever that is. Which, and by so, the way, if I could say, uh, for those of you listening, I, I could not agree more with what Dave's saying right there. Because if you look at the way that Jesus trained, that self-discovery, those aha moments, even to the point where they go, Lord, why do you speak in parables? Why don't you just tell us stuff? <laughs> and he, he, he knew those aha, those that, you know, one of the things Mac Lake, uh, guy's a master trainer in America. And I got to work with him a number of years. Mac used to say this, a truth discovered internally is more transformative than a truth told externally. Mm-hmm. And, and so there was this idea that you'd be listening to the parable 
and you would have your aha moment. We all had that aha moment with the prodigal son, right? We all have these, they're like the old, uh, our grandparents knew the O. Henry stories. So that discovery, uh, learning experts tell us, is the deepest type of learning because it transforms you. It actually, there's an inner click that happens. That light bulb goes on. And so, Dave, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just, I get excited about this, so. Well, we, we all know that uh, as believers that Jesus can't really heal or transform the things that we either won't admit to or mm. they're real blind spots for us. Mm. And so I think that's why David in the psalm says, God, shine, look inside of me. See, search me, O oh God, and see if there's anything in me that is dysfunctional. Right. <laughs> and as leaders, that becomes absolutely critical. What is it that keeps me back mm. from being everything that God's called me to do? And when those things are self-discovered, that just raises up the ownership level. Mm-hmm. So when a team discovers, ah, oh, this is what it is that God is driving us toward, or these are the things, the unique gifts that we all have that we bring to the table that would cause us to be a different kind of church in our community or our town or whatever. That's exciting to me. Mm. Wow. We've also found that for church church planters, sometimes there's work that a church planter will do on their own, right? They'll do some of their own work around this is vision, this is mission, or they'll even be in groups that do that kind of work. But translating that to the team, is a, it's a different skill set. It's actually a different experience. And part of what, what it requires is the ability to get the team involved and then, at some measure, as a leader, lay down stuff that's you know maybe some of your golden gooses, so to speak, so you can really create this shared experience, a shared uh, vision that will carry all of you forward. Because, again, uh, you, you only go so far alone. Yeah. That's, that's so true. That old African proverb, if you want to go uh, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. You know, um, we only have about two minutes left, but um, I want to quickly just tell everyone, if you get a chance to check these guys out, for sure, check them out. This box, um, it's so impressive. Like uh, my buddy runs USAopoly, which is like, if you've ever been to Disneyland, like, you know, you, you can see they've done like the Simpsons Monopoly, the, you know, Disney battleship, yeah. you know, pairs. like they, they're huge outside of Hasbro. I think they're like number two. They're right down the street from a guy, guy runs it. What I was impressed with, with this set is it's professional. It's like, it's every bit as good as what my buddy would produce. So, um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, guys, where can they check you out? Where can they go and connect with you? Elementalchurches.com. Awesome. Elementalchurches.com. And, and, and what we created on there, on the site, Peyton, is a, is a toolbox. So it just has all sorts of different tools for whatever different stages or things that you're wrestling with at the time. We just brought out a brand new tool called Envision, which actually looks like a Trevor. Oh, I should. Oh, let me see if I can. It actually looks like a treasure chest. (laughs) And, And it's fascinating because this is more of the why factor. It helps. It helps a team discover their core values what their mission and vision really is. Focus, the game focus, is almost like a how tool. 
This is how you do strategic planning. And vision backs up and says, this is why you're here. This will help you think. And all of them, again, they take about six hours to play. These are not, you know, they're not toys. And just to let you guys know, like, I'll be buying this. Like, I geek out on this stuff. Like, anyone that's combining, <laughs> like, like gamification of learning is amazing, right? Like, that's that's super cool. So, as you guys know, this isn't um, kind of normal for me to have someone on with a product. But I care about you guys, and I believe this is probably the best tool out there. And, man, I have trained on Vision with Mancini and others that are – uh, you know, uh, top of the game. And yet I think this is something to watch. I actually, if I had a choice between vision frame and this, I would opt towards this simply because it's so highly interactive. I mean, Mancini stuff is great, but this is, um, this just kind of takes it next level for me. So guys, A, I want to thank you for making it. B, I want to thank you. Like I said, I jealously guard my planners, but I think you've put a lot of care, love, and craft into this. And I think this is going to help those of you that, you know, we've been talking in our series uh, on planting about uh, vision, mission, and burden. And Mm. I I love that you guys are Holy Spirit guys. That means a lot too. You know, you're not just a bunch of business squares doing ministry. (laughs) I mean, mean, you're a hippie. You got a guitar on your wall, right? So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> this is a guy, man, band called Prodigal. And uh, anyways, so, uh, so you're cool. You're cool, you know. But uh, guys, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Peyton, we're just trying to reach your level. That's all. <laughs> well, I don't think you want to go down that far, brother. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Church Planner Podcast. want to thank you. Be sure to go to elementalchurches.com and check these guys out. They will help you. They're great guys. I've gotten to know them a little bit over the years. And thanks again for listening today. And we'll see you next week on the Church Planner Podcast. Reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.